We believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. Welcome to Think It Be It, the podcast. I'm Kelly Hatfield. Hey, and I'm John Mitchell. So, Kelly, I've, I've got a good topic for us today. Here it is. Are you in the 2%? And what I mean by that is I think the world breaks down between the 2% and the 98%. And, and the people that are in the 98%, in my opinion, are sheep. They just follow the crowd. And I'll give you a, an example of this, maybe a couple of examples. The first one, the obvious one, is what you and I have discovered, is that think of it is only for the 2%. The 98% aren't really interested in, in think of it because, surprisingly, most of them are, well, for the 98%, more success is merely a preference. Therefore, they're not going to spend something that takes 12 minutes a day to do to up their success. They're not going to go through the the effort to create clarity. And so it certainly has been our experience that, that think it be it is only for the 2%. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when we, we, have, we go to you know, using that as an example, I mean, absolutely, we found that, you know, there are a small percentage, 2%, if you want to put an exact number on it, that, you know, are invested in themselves, are invested in their growth, are committed to doing the things that it takes to grow and to achieve the things that they want to achieve. You know, right. again, we talk about it's one thing to to say, yeah, it would be great if I had more success. You know, <laughs> yes, that'd be that's great. A, that'd be great. You know, that's a, again that puts it in that preference bucket. Is yeah. that whole other thing to say I'm committed to yeah. having this particular level of success, whatever that looks like for you? Uh, I'm interested in kind of a question. So, when you define two percent, what what is that two percent? How are you defining that? Like, what does that two? What does that person or what does that profile look like of a two percenter? Right. Very good question. I think from the standpoint of success, I think it comes down to more success, necessity, or a preference. For 98% of people, it's a, a preference. So in that sense, it is. And, and you know, I, I saw this play out when I would go to entrepreneur organization, they call it EO, forums where I'd go and I'd talk to, you know, 10 or 15 entrepreneurs for an hour and I'd, you know, tell them my story at 
you know, 50, not being as successful as I thought I should be and figuring out the full secret to the top of the world on success. And it 25 X my income, what I'd made the prior 20 years. And, you know, I would get, and I'm thinking they're all going to be interested in this. And, and, you know, surprisingly they weren't, most of them were not, they were okay with right where they were and they were okay with their lousy marriage and their, you know, not making a lot of money and maybe not being overly healthy. And I'm like, whoa, you know, wow, this is amazing to me. And of course, I saw how unenlightened I was back then to to not see that, you know, I was looking at the world from my, my point of view, not from mm-hmm. their point of view. You know, they have, they've had different life experiences. They have different genetics than I do. But to your point, I think that it comes down to from a success point that is more success and necessity or or merely a preference. Yeah. And I think, too, we've talked a little bit about this, but success is something, you know, means something different for everybody. You know, I think you just gave three buckets of your life that are areas that, you know, to be focusing on. You mentioned initially, you know, your relationship or significant other relationship and the quality of that and the connectedness and and then money. You know, and I, I think that there and your health, obviously, that's a huge one, you know, but I think there's the other areas to like impact, you know, like what is the thing that you're doing for this world to like, yeah. I think a lot of the two percenters that I've met with have a bigger vision or they want to make a some level of impact beyond their own businesses or, or whatever the case may be. They, they're what's the word that I'm looking for? Legacy isn't necessarily the right word, but, but again, they, impact, 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 yeah. you know? And so I think we're, it, what I, one of the things that I've noticed in that 2% is they're the folks that even though they're succeeding and they've had success in life, they will lay awake in bed at night too and be like, how yeah. else, how else can I serve? I know I have more gas in the tank. Where else can I make additional impact? How can I, so it's never, you know, necessarily, you know, um, I think money oftentimes comes as a result of these things we're talking when you're focused on your health, when you're focused on healthy relationships, when you're focused on either the impact that you're making, that right. oftentimes when you're doing that, you know, the, the, the money comes and, but that isn't necessarily when we're talking about success. It's just one of the thing, one of the pieces of the puzzle, because you can right. be, you can have a lot of money and be deemed a success in the eyes of many people, right? And be a giant a hole and uh, you know, right. you know, three hundred pounds, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's not a good look. <laughs> not only are you obese, you're an a hole, you know. So. <laughs> Way to go. You know, but you get where, you know, what I'm yep. saying. Um, so I think, you know, what are those, you know, you've got to determine for yourself what those, what success looks like for you. Right. Well, you you know, I tell you, I had something, I because I haven't seen you in a little while over the holidays. I had pretty cool happened to me. Oh, I, I don't know. It was three weeks ago. So I go to the men's basketball practice. And Texas has a really good team, and one of their star players is doing Think It Be It. 
And so I go and I'm like, I want to watch the practice and see, you know, what goes on. And I know the coach and he's relatively new, but I just want to see what I thought. So I go and almost as soon as I get there, the players go off the court to go study film for about 20 minutes. We're in the big Coliseum here in Texas that they just built this, you know, $350 million facility. And so I know they're going to come back in about 20 minutes. So I go and I start shooting three-pointers and almost embarrassingly bad at it. But so I'm shooting (laughs) this girl that is one of the managers of the basketball team. You know, there's probably seven or eight managers. She comes over and she starts catching the ball and throwing it back to me as I'm shooting. And, you know, she probably felt sorry for me because she's <laughs> looking at this poor slub that can't even hit the friggin' rim. Anyway, she says, well, who are you? So I explain, you know, I'm the mental coach for the 18 head coaches, and I work with, you know, our star player, Brock. And so we strike up a little uh, discussion, and... We just instantly hit it off. I mean, and she tells me, she says, as we started talking, she says, you know, uh, and she's she's a sophomore at the University of Texas, mm-hmm. cute as a butt, just adorable. And she tells me that she is different than her friends because her friends want to go out and drink and get sloshed every night. And that's not what she's about. And to make sort of a long story short, she wants to learn, think it be it, and now wants to go into, she, she's majoring in sports management, and I have now encouraged her to embrace teaching mindset, because I think that's the right future. She's already into yoga, so you know, she's already sort of got that mind-body connection. And so she she comes to me, oh, a, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and says, I want to be your assistant. And I'm like, yo, love that, you know, sort of that attitude. So uh, now I'm starting to teach her, think it be it. I was telling her, I said, you know, you need to embrace being part of the 2%. And, of course, when I was in school and college, I didn't understand, you know, 2%, 98%. I mean, you know, I nobody ever talked to me about that. And... But I could look at her. She may not be able to look at herself. I mean, maybe she can, but I could look at her and I go, I see things that separate her from other people. First of all, you know, she had the courage to come and she was adventurous enough to come and find out who this guy was that was missing all of these three pointers. (laughs) And, you know, she also was picking up on Think It Be It and was really bright and asking great questions and it all resonated. And, and then when I told my basketball player about her, he goes, oh, yeah, she her name is Mayan. He says, Mayan is the, the best manager we've ever had. And I've been here six years. He's a six-year senior. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can see that she's in that 2%. But I was, I was encouraging her to embrace being at the, in the 2%. And I was explaining that, you know, if you do what everybody else does, you're going to get the average life. And the average life is not very good. 
And so if you don't want the average life, then you sort of have to embrace almost doing the opposite of what most people are doing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree uh, 100%. And I think, too, one of the things that's standing out to me right now, John, as you're, as you're you know, sharing this story, is this idea of identity. You know, so yeah. identifying as someone who, fill in the blank, you know, yeah, um, right. you know, performs at the highest level, who always takes the initiative, because it sounds like that's exactly what she did. Somebody right. who... Right. You know what I mean? Is courageous and takes that daily action toward their goals. Like so, I so again making that two percenter, and and we can have a conversation around. You know, maybe to some, they're feeling like, well, that feels like elitist in some way to separate yourself from. You know, so let's talk a little bit more about that. But this really is about identity and how you identify, because that's one of the ways you can shift and make the greatest change yeah. in your life is by. Creating the identity of someone who, yeah, you know, feel like success is an absolute must and not merely a preference. You know, you know that's a that is a great point. Yeah, I just saw an Instagram from Jim Rome, and he talks about how success is something you attract by the characteristics you you embrace. And you know, with uh, Brian, it is is so cool to take this young life and she gets it she she understands that that success she has in life is going to be determined by the the thoughts that go on in her head and and that's also going to determine her enjoyment of life but at her tender young age to to be thinking about all this and to to see this and it's so cool to explain to her that with that it I'm going to give you a methodology where you can create the life you want. And, you know, all these characteristics that we talked about that you you want, you just define what they are. And, and I'll show you through our methodology how you can see that into your subconscious mind so that that's who you become. Yeah. Now, she's on the front end of that, so she probably doesn't fully understand that. You know, she's seen the template, but it's it's so fun. And that's to me... And I know you feel the same way. That's the joy of Think It Be It is to be able to actually create the life you want. I mean, it's so incredibly powerful. It really is. You know, and I think I want to go back to, because I know we briefly touched on it before we started recording about this idea that some people may perceive this as an elitist kind of mindset or, right. uh, you know, because at the very opening of our our conversation here, you mentioned that 98% being, you know, you kind of really, it's sheep. You yeah. Know, they're, they're, they're following. So what are your thoughts on those that may be pushing back on this idea of, well, no, you know, that's not how I, I'm not going to put myself into that bucket or that, or that feels like I'm, again, an elitist kind of attitude. What are your, what's your argument to that person who might be thinking that as we're talking about 98%, 2%, What's your thoughts? Well, you know, I I think I can respect that that point of view. And if they don't feel comfortable with that, then don't embrace it. But, you know, I see it in, in like, I, this is interesting. I uh, went to my chiropractor the other day, and I was telling him about, you know, doing this program where I'm quarterbacking my own health, and I'm you know, doing this program that early detects any sort of cancer or heart disease. And 
he says, you know, I think only about 1% of people actually are proactive on their health and actually, you know, embrace quarterbacking their health. They they either don't take care of their health or they blindly go with whatever the doctor says. And, you know, as I think I probably told you last year, you know, my attitude is, hey, I'm quarterbacking it. I've got, you know, a number of doctors, but I'm making the decisions. I'm weighing it all. I don't look for them to make the decisions. I just look for them to give me the the, the data. Uh, yeah. I'm smart. I can figure it out with their help. And I thought, wow, that is amazing that, you know, only 1% of, of people, this from a sophisticated healthcare provider, only 1% are proactive on quarterbacking their own health, just like only 2% of people are suitable for think it be it. And it makes me realize how maybe I'd say this screwed up our society is that so low numbers of people really are got their act together. Uh, you know, and I um, see your perspective and I also see it. I always go back to what you've taught me and what the additional research that I've done, you know, shows, which is there's a reason why people are showing up that way in life, that zone of familiarity, the way their subconscious has been programmed, you know, throughout their life to depending on what point they're at in their life, you know, so it's your brain is designed to keep you in the familiar. Yeah. You know, and so that's its job. It's to keep you safe. It resists change because that's a lot of work for it. It likes being on autopilot, you know, and so I never fault or think lazy or anything along those lines. And there are some people that are, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like every faction of, but I also chalk it up to not being educated about how the human brain works, how the mind works, how we right. process, you know, or, you know, how we create thoughts, emotions, like all of those things around it. Once I understood the science, like I've talked about, it was a total game changer for me. Right. It was like, oh, okay, well, I see now why it's been so hard to create a habit in this particular area of my life. It's because, you know, A, B, and C. Okay, well, I can fix that by doing this then. You know, so I think that is part of it is that it's just now starting to get on the forefront, you know, like barely of this education for people about how your mind works, how the brain works. How to override that old, you know, the, you know, and get your autopilot to work for you versus against you, you know. Right. And so, I think that you know, there's that faction of people, that low percentage of people that just kind of get it. Like it, it maybe that's just the way part of, you know, their story and everything has led them to be, you know, they're they're either overcome something or they're it's just the way they're built. Right. You know, and then there's the the group, I think, which is a large percentage of people that, you know, again, just don't know how to fix it. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm, I love that you brought that up, Kelly, because, you know, I see that once I learned how the human mind works, it 25x my income. It had completely changed your life. It completely changed uh Tony Robbins' life. Yeah, I heard Tom Bilyeu on uh, the host of Impact Theory said that learning how the human mind works changed his life. And and you know it's I'm always amazed at the 
amount of clutter that is in the world. You know, the best example is is how, you know, Think and Grow Rich has been read by 100 million people and the next best-selling book on success has been read by less than 10 million people. So it's the top book in the world on success by a factor of 10, but only one in seven people has ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mind-blowing to me. But and, and so when you hear that, that, you know, learning how the mind works may be the key to unlocking a whole totally different life for you, you know, I think it goes in one ear out the other for 98% of the people. The 2% go, whoa, what? <laughs> you know, what? You know, they're like, whoa, this could be something significant. So I love that you brought that up. Because it illustrates our point. Yeah, and I think the other thing to think about, too, and I wonder how much of this plays in. I know we need to be wrapping up, but I, I do. I'm just curious about this. I wonder if, too, like one of the things that I notice about the 2%, and I think I mentioned this earlier, is they're always in that constant low growth learning mode right. where they're they're naturally people who want to learn, are curious or seekers, or that kind of thing. I think there's a large percentage of the population that once they're done with school, whether that's, you know, uh, high school, college, whatever the case may be, they're done learning. Oh, like, yeah. They, they, you know, they, they uh, you know, they've associated growing, learning with the educational system, the standard educational system. So I can't help but wonder if there's that direct correlation between you know, um, kind of where we're at in terms of the 2% versus the 98% in relation to people's, how they're framing and how they're thinking about growth. Right. And education. Because oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's got to be, because I found you because I'm a seeker. You know, I right. found this method because I am committed to growth. You know, I've always been somebody who reads, who is you know, who's searching and who wants to learn like the latest thing that I can apply and optimize and that kind of thing. So that's just something that's ingrained in me. And I think that's what, you know, kind of how I found this method and and up-leveled things to the next step. But when you stop being strategic, and we talk about this all the time, and you stop bringing new things into your life that are valuable, you stop seeking and learning from outside perspectives of it, that is when I think the atrophy starts of, yeah. your, of your brain. And of, that's when the treadmill of life starts. That's when Groundhog's Day starts. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and you know, I, I've realized, and I think we've talked about this before, that, that you can only progress from the wisdom of other people coming into your head. Because if you're not getting that, then then you're just replicating who you are over and over again. But any any progress, any major leap in your life always has to come from somebody else. Like I taught you Think It Be It, and I had to learn it from reading the book Think and Grow Rich and figuring out the secret. But And I remember other things that in my life were big changes because my aunt had to slap me upside the head and, and make me realize, you know, something. Yeah. And so I think you're right. And and I think, you know, as we wrap this up, I think it's powerful to to embrace being part of the two percent. And and the beauty with our method 
is that if you, first of all, if you embrace it and define the characteristics you want, then using our 12-minute-a-day methodology, you can create that person. Just that repetition every day of of the person you want to be, what you want to accomplish, and how you can accomplish it, you become that person. It it couldn't be any simpler. So let's let our audience chew on that for uh, until next time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life.